on what we're going to get out of it. This is very easy to do. It's the way we're wired as human beings. We, we paint a picture in our mind of the ideal family. Uh, this is, as you're going into marriage, how great it's going to be, how fulfilling it's going to be, and how we're just going to float down the river of life together, being happy and enjoying the time. That's, that's sort of this ideal picture that we paint. What we do is we draw a circle around our family. Actually, that's God's idea. Families uh, are, are, are God's idea. He, he came up with the idea of marriage and families, family circles. But what we do is we draw a circle around our families, and then we navigate the world together. It's calm and rough waters. We, we go through, and it's very difficult for us to get this ideal picture out of our mind and bring it into the realm of reality. When we begin to have snags, when we begin to have problems, when we begin to struggle a little bit, it's, it's hard to get rid of that. I'd like you to watch this real brief video uh, from the movie The Crudes. Particularly notice the attitude of the dad at the beginning and the mom at the end, and it kind of paints the picture of what I'm talking about. Just think, our whole family packed together on a long, slow trip across country. We'll tell stories, we'll laugh, <laughs> we'll become closer as a family. Get her off, get her off. If you're not ready to challenge her, then don't look her in the eye. You keep your big, giant arms on your side of the trail. You want me to turn this family around? Do you? Because I will turn this family around so fast. I gotta go. Come on, you can hold it. I don't think so. I'm not dying on an empty stomach. We're all pretty tired. We'll eat when we get there. It's taking too long. I'm grabbing a snack. I don't do that. That's not food. He's a pet. My pet. What's a pet? An animal you don't eat. <laughs> we call those children. <laughs> Isn't this fun? We're taking our first trip together. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you see the dad paints the picture. This is going to be a fantastic trip. We're going to float along together on this journey. And, you know, then reality strikes. And at the end, the mom is also back to the ideal picture. This is the way we are. This is how life works. A much more helpful way to look and approach it, uh, to look at family life and approach it, is to think about its purpose. Not, not, Think about so much, how am I going to paint this ideal picture and make sure everybody's in the right place doing what I want them to do? But what is the purpose of the family? Why did God want us to draw a circle around this group of people? And then why did he give us roles and inside that circle responsibilities and things to handle? If you want to experience meaning and fulfillment in life, we find that in fulfilling God's purpose for us in doing what he wants us to do. Like I said, he's arranged life into these circles of responsibility and family's a circle, but inside of that, we all have a load to carry. And in the Bible, this is called a stewardship. And a stewardship, if you go to Merriam-Webster, uh, it's a great definition of stewardship. It, it says that stewardship is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So the parents, 
fathers and mothers, they're entrusted to the, the care of the family. And everybody in the family has a circle of stewardship, a load of responsibility that they bear. And since we all have circles of responsibility and main stewardships that we handle all the time, uh, today I want to look at some clues that we get in the Scripture, some real helpful guidelines for helping us fulfill the purpose of our stewardships. Um, in, in this series, we're focusing on the family circle, so I want to step back just before we dive in to look at the purpose of the family. What, what is God's purpose for our family, and what, what does He want to be going on inside that family? Well, family circles start with a marriage, and God's intent for, for marriage, His purpose in marriage is that a husband and wife team up as companions to do His will. We're, we're a team. Husbands and wives are a team. Because as we decide to follow Christ, what He's going to want us to do is accomplish His purpose in the world. He, we become a part of His body. We're His hands and feet and, and eyes and ears. And we're, we're trying to do what He wants. So married Christ followers team up to advance God's kingdom on the earth, which is his rule and reign. We, we want to we be used by him to do what he wants done in the world. So the goal for marriage and then later for family life is to provide an enjoyable atmosphere of encouragement and support as we each handle our assignments before God. God's given us assignments in life. And so we want to create this atmosphere. That's the idea. We're drawn to that because in our heart of hearts, that never goes away. God created this. This is what he wants. And we hit snags, we hit problems, we hit sidetracks, but this is his goal. When kids come along in, in the marriage, God wants his people, this is his purpose for parents and, and for the family role in the lives of the children. He wants his people to raise godly children who can bear the, the weight of their responsibilities in a way that makes God look good. This is what he wants from Christ followers who are parents. We, we raise children to be able to handle their responsibilities in a way that makes God look, look good. And then the hope is that they become team members. It's their choice. They have to choose it. But the hope is that they pull with the whole family team on through the years, and the next generation then is setting their heart on fulfilling God's purpose in the world. This, this is what he wants. It's very important to understand God's purpose because the enjoyment, the ideal picture, it's never going to be ideal this side of heaven, but you get a taste of the goodness of what God intended as you keep the purpose in mind for what he's doing. Now, we have some tendencies uh, as humans that create problems in our family circles related to our purpose, related to our load of responsibilities, our circle of responsibilities, our stewardship. Uh, we take a romantic view of family life, like I've been saying, and uh, we choose to have unrealistic expectations for others on how they can help us enjoy life. 
That's basically what we talked about last week. Uh, In our minds, we magnify the benefits of family life and what we can get from our family and tend to minimize our responsibilities, especially when the waters get rough and we're struggling some and we're not happy. When we do this, we tend to blur the boundary lines in our family life, of, uh, the boundary lines of our stewardship circles, and create. And what happens is this creates resentment and problems in working together and walking through life as a family. And when we blur the boundary lines, growth is hindered. God intends for the family to be a launching pad, a great place for growth and development to occur as we support one another, as we take care of each other, as we relate, and as we team up to do God's purpose on the earth. And when we blur the boundary lines, that growth that God intends is hindered. It gets sidetracked. So keeping the boundary lines in place is crucial if we're going to have healthy beneficial relationships, family relationships or relationships of any kind. It goes across the board. When we blur these lines, it can really get ugly. It can get very unenjoyable and miserable. We all have different assignments from God or a load to carry in life. Mom, dad, and kids. How we relate and respond to each other as we bear our burdens and our load in life determines how well we fulfill our purpose as a family. That, that, that determines it. And it also determines how much we enjoy and appreciate each other. Very, very crucial stuff we're looking at today. So in this message, what I want to look at is how to respond to family members who are struggling so that we don't short-circuit God's purpose in the moment. And then also, where to focus our thoughts and energy when we are struggling or when someone else is struggling that we care about. How, How do you deal with that? How do you do that and keep the lines, the boundary lines in place? It's obvious that this this message applies to moms and dads and uh, people who are engaged and people who are part of an immediate family situation right now, but there's also help across the board for everyone, no matter what situation, because these core principles that I'm talking about uh, relate to uh, your extended family, church life, your work situation, and it goes all across the board in our relational circles that we, we work in. They, they apply. So we're going to dig in. As you handle the situations of life, what happens is life's flowing by situation after situation. Uh, we make choice after choice. The first question that we should be asking and deciding how we're going to respond to any situation is this. What does God want for me in this situation? And how can I be faithful to that? That, That's the number one. That's it. What does God want for me, and how can I do what He wants? Number one question. This question 
puts my focus on what I can do. Not what everybody else should be doing. But it puts the focus on what I can do and the things that are in my control, not the things that are beyond my control that I can't do anything about and that are outside the, the circle of my own personal stewardship. So that's an important question. What does God want from me, and how can I do what he wants? How can I be faithful in that? Since God's given us each these stewardships and the responsibility that comes with it, we have the opportunity to handle them in a way that can be a real blessing to those around us. And as we work these things out, it's this very thing that God intends to help us grow and help us move through life. The Bible shows us some real help in how to do this. In Galatians, in the first part of chapter 6 of the book of Galatians, uh, this was written by Paul, to, who was a first century church starter, church planter. He started a lot of churches throughout that world. And he would write letters to sort of clarify what it means to follow Christ in different situations. And in, in this writing here in this particular passage that we're going to look at today, he's trying to show what it looks like to really love people in your circles and be a real help to them. How, how do we love them and how do we help them? And to, to understand what he's saying, we have to step back and really give some thought to this because uh, it, it's our, our knee-jerk emotional reaction many times is counterproductive to what God wants to do. Look at Galatians 6. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. So, interesting passage starts with, if we really love people, we help bear their load, and then everybody has their own load to bear. So, we're going to unravel this, unwind this, unpack this passage today, and try to understand what it means for what should be going on in our family circles. Uh, Paul's picture here is a great description of love, genuine love, in our circles. This kind of love is crucial in the family with close, close friends, roommates, and those you relate to in church life and at work and all across the board. Genuine love moves us to bear each other's burdens when it's helpful. It's going to do that. That's, that's what genuine love does. When you see somebody struggling with a load, with a weight of responsibility, love is going to move us to help them. That's verse 2 and 3. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. One way that we can carry the weight in a relationship is to extend sympathy, compassion, and both of these qualities are crucial to sweetening the relationship. And what happens is when God becomes the Lord of your life, the boss of your life, part of how he changes you from the inside out is he gives us a heart to help people who are struggling. This is, this is one of the things. When Jesus looked over crowds, when he saw people who were struggling with things, 
it always says he had compassion on them. And that word compassion means that it got to him in the deepest part of his insides. It, it, it troubled him in the way that he was concerned for the people who were struggling. And if we're following him, Jesus is going to do the same thing as we see people struggling. At, at different times, we find ourselves in a situation where we can't lift a, a weight or a heavy burden or what's going on in our lives ourselves. We hit the wall and sometimes we, we hit it. And like a spotter, when you're lifting weights, you know, you, you lift weights, you do about, okay, I don't know, I don't do this. Okay, I'm just telling you. I hate lifting weights, but I have in the past. And what you do is, you know, you hit 15, 20 reps, and if you're stretching yourself a little bit, you get to that last rep and you you start to wobble, and it's at that point that you're hoping you have a spotter because it's going to land on your neck, you're going to be done. You don't want that. You really need the spotter to grab it, to notice that you're struggling, and to grab the weight, lift it off you, and really help you out of that situation. It's at that moment that we step in and help with the burdens of other people as they're bearing. As, they, as it looks like they're about to go down, we help them. Burdens that weigh us down take the form of emotional and physical pain, unexpected trouble that strikes, regret, grief, stress, all kinds of things. Responsibilities we just buried in them. God doesn't want us uh, to, to hold on to these. He wants these burdens to, if you're struggling this way, if you're buried in them, he wants you to turn to him and trust him first of all. And then what he does, I found as I trust him, he brings people around to help me with my load and to help me carry it, to spot me, to help, help me move along. Just, just what I need. If I trust him, he does it. I've seen it. I've seen what he does. There may be some initiative that I need to take, but he'll also help me to see how that is. When we help one another, we're, we're fulfilling. It says here, when we do this, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. Here's the law. He said it in uh, John thirteen thirty four: A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. This passage provides some key perspective to the one who provides the help in the specific situation. If you step back, if you could go back to um, the prior slide and so that we could see um, that, that second verse there. Um, okay, the, we aren't to that. Okay, I lost it. Oh, for if anyone thinks he is something... When he is nothing, he deceives himself. That's important to understand what he's trying to get at there. Because what, this is what he's saying. We, we should strive to carry the burdens of others out of humility. If, if it's a good thing to help them, and somebody's going down, we spot them. We do that out of humility. That's what this, this verse is saying. When we help others... And we do that with a judgmental, a critical, or a comparison at, you know, attitude. We're, we're comparing ourselves like, boy, we, you know, I don't really need a crutch like this, but I'll, I'll help. 
I'll step in and give you, you know, boy, I can't believe you're going through this again. But, you know, I guess I'll help you. When, when we do it with that kind of attitude, we're deceived. That's what that, that's what that phrase means. Because we could be in the same situation ourselves. We could be struggling with the same thing. Out of humility, we help with each other. Actually, if you're frustrated, then the rest of this marriage may be helpful. I mean marriage. <laughs> the rest of this message may be helpful to you. If, you. if you get frustrated with somebody struggling over and over and over again with the same things, that's the rest of the message. But right here, if you are helping somebody, you need to help them out of humility. Not thinking that you're something. Not puffing yourself up and putting them under you. But helping them, realizing, wow, I, I could be struggling with the same thing. When we do this in humility, when we help others in humility, it's refreshing. And it, it bonds us too. This is the kind of love Jesus modeled. Genuine love also respects proper boundaries. Verse 4. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself and not in his neighbor. So while we're commanded to bear each other's burdens, we need to be careful not to cross any boundaries that blow past the parameters of genuine love. Paul's describing here how to do this by focusing on our own circle, our own circle of responsibilities. To test your own work means that you examine your life by keeping your eyes on your own responsibilities. You pay attention to what you need to do, your own stewardship, your own circle. You don't blame others when things don't go your own way. That's personal knee-jerk re- reaction of mine. Oh, if they wouldn't have said that or done that, it, could have, well, it would have gone a lot better. You, you also don't plan for your own success based on what others are going to do for you. You take responsibility for your own load that God has given you. This is important because it's also what is important for relating to our family. We, they, we need to do whatever we do realizing their responsibility for their weight of responsibility. They're responsible for their own load. They're, they need to bear it themselves. And if they don't, what happens is they lose self-respect. That's what that passage is talking about. If, if we don't handle our load, our weight of responsibilities, we begin to lose self-respect. And it, it, it really hurts. So if somebody keeps struggling and keeps struggling and keeps struggling and we, we keep stepping in to help them, they lose self-respect. We, we may be contributing to that. There's a tendency in our relationships uh, to, to, to get confused on whose load it is and to create real damage in those relationships. There's some common patterns that blur those boundary lines we've been talking about. Dependence and rescuing are the patterns, and they're like a two-headed giant that, that ruins and snarls many relationships. The person who's dependent is waiting to be taken care of, like a baby in a crib, crying. They need food, they need their diaper changed, they need to be nurtured, comforted, and cared for and consoled. But the goal in family life, and the goal for all of us, is to keep growing up, to keep growing toward maturity. 
not to be dependent on others, but really interdependent. We never get completely independent, but interdependent where I'm carrying my weight, you're carrying your weight, and we're teaming up together to do what God wants us to do. When this doesn't happen, and we're not focused on taking care of our own work, our own stewardships, our own weight, and we expect people to come through for us, this obligates them and makes the relationship miserable. It short-circuits any kind of gratitude because when they help us, they're not doing anything for us. They're just doing what's expected. They're obligated to do it. Rescuing also does damage. When someone close to you has experienced problems and challenges, God, God is, is probably using these challenges and problems and struggles to help mature and develop them. He, he, this is the way He is. This is the way He works in our lives. Struggle strengthens if we walk with them through God, with God's help. This is, this is what He's doing. So if we step in and relieve the pressure, then uh, the people we're stepping in to relieve the pressure for may miss an important lesson from God. They'll never learn because we keep stepping in to help them. And it never really, they never carry the weight. And it's the weight that, that God wants to use to, for us to turn to Him, the weight of the struggle, and trust Him. So if we step in, we're taking the place of God. The person rescuing can also become so focused on the person who's dependent on them that many times they drop their own responsibilities. So uh, this, this plays out in a variety of relationships, and what, what we did is we asked Nathan, uh, Dr. Nathan Lewis, to give us some thoughts by video on this, and so we thought it might be a help. He, he has uh, over 30 years of experience in family counseling. He's professor, associate dean uh, in the Department of Psychology at California Baptist College, and so we're going to listen to him talk about the, some, some important perspective uh, related to parenting and marriage on how damaging it is if we don't keep the boundary lines in place. Here, here's the, the video. Well, in general, it keeps them from learning some really valuable lessons about life. For example, how to overcome difficulties or taking responsibility personally for their lives, or realizing that they really are more capable than what they think they are. And they may develop a wrong view of reality if parents keep doing things for them, particularly the expectation that people are gonna keep doing things for them, or that they really aren't capable of doing things for themselves. Over time, it can actually arrest their psychological, emotional, and spiritual development. And it can contribute to them remaining immature and dependent. Eventually, they may develop some resentment toward their parents being over-involved in their lives and may go to one or two extremes, either rebel or just kind of give up thinking that they really can't do for themselves. In the long run, though, the irony is that it's actually more stressful on the parents because they have to continually monitor every single thing that their child does just to make sure that their child is okay. 
Well, if it's a child, realize that their struggles are important opportunities for them to grow in character, in faith, and in wisdom. And if we jump in too soon and make everything okay, we may be robbing them of the chance to learn valuable lessons about themselves, about others, about relationships, and about life. Parents are often concerned about their kids' feelings, and they should be, but their, their child learning to respond right is really more important than how their kid is feeling. To help children get the most out of difficulty that they're going through, parents can ask their kids good questions that help them think about how to solve problems on their own. Kids are actually quite capable of coming up with solutions if just given the chance. And then you have to be willing to let your kids fail. That's hard for parents to do that, but if kids don't fail and they can't learn. And if they don't learn, they don't grow. If it's a spouse that is experiencing some difficulty, be careful not to offer unsolicited, unwanted advice. Generally, people aren't interested in answers to questions that they aren't asking. Ask them what they're thinking or feeling, what they're most concerned about, and then really listen to them without giving your two cents. Don't pressure them to make decisions in haste. Quite often, we do that. We pressure our spouses just to make ourselves feel better rather than thinking about what it is that they really need. And keep in mind that quite often, people need to carry their own burdens. Take the opportunity when your spouse is struggling to get to know something about them that, that you might not otherwise have known. How they respond really shows a lot about themselves. And quite often we cheat ourselves in knowing our spouse by trying to uh, jump in and give, give help that uh, is really not needed. Thanks, Nathan. He's sitting right here. I'm sure that was fun watching himself on video. But <laughs> Thanks for doing that. <laughs> Um, I wanted you to hear that because that's, that's out of years and years of counseling and helping people. Try to sort through this, this very passage, really. Th there's a lot of help in what we're looking at. Um, and it's important to understand that we need to keep those boundary lines in place. I, I always try to watch um, I, the face of the person you're trying to help when they want you to back off. It's a grimace. You know, in my, my son's face, I can still see it. He's 27 now. But, you know, in his teenage years, it was, it was a grimace and it kind of like... I don't know if you can see that, but... It was like, get off my back, okay? That, that's a clue. We need to watch that. But I want to show you a, a diagram uh, that, that's been very helpful to me as I sorted this out. The first time I saw it was in Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of highly effective people, and it, it relates to this principle. Each of us has a circle of responsibility, things I'm responsible for in a given situation, and a circle of concern, those things that are outside my circle of responsibilities, but they concern me. In families, this happens all the time. We watch our children struggling with school, struggling with a relationship. They grow up, you still, you're still concerned about your kids and what they're, they're dealing with and what they're 
handling. They, that's, that's a circle of concern, things they're struggling with going through. When I consistently step in and handle what concerns me, but is not my responsibility, I create more problems and really hinder the growth of those that I love, whose responsibility it is. When, when I do this, what happens is my concerns grow larger. When I focus on the outer circle, which I try to make things good there, what happens is in my mind, and I begin to give my, my mental energy and emotional energy and my time to things I can't control, and they grow larger and larger. And then my circle of responsibility grows smaller. I'm so distracted by everybody else's responsibilities and my concern over them that I can't see what I need to be working on, and I'm distracted in that. My, my focus in life, I said earlier, is to be faithful, to find out what God wants me to do in a situation, and be faithful in handling my responsibilities. That's the inner circle. And when I focus on the inner circle, doing the best I can with God's help, with my responsibilities, then it takes its proper perspective. When I focus on being faithful in my uh, mind, then they get most of, in other words, they grow to their proper place and they get most of my time and energy, the things I can do. The best way to respond when you're worried about concerns for family and friends is to pray. You pray about those concerns. And for me, I have to keep praying. I have to pray and then I have to keep praying, oh God, please, would you help them? Would you do this? Would you help them? And as you're praying, consider whether or not it's appropriate for you to help. Because sometimes you just need to let them step back and let them learn to bear the weight of that responsibility. When I'm worried about someone I, I care about, I, I just have to keep giving my concerns to God. And then sometimes I've learned it's better just to, to let them get stronger and let them work through it. You don't want your, your, them to get crushed, and there's a judgment call in this. And so you go to God for the wisdom to do it. If you're like me, it's really hard to figure out at times. But learning to handle this balance is crucial for healthy relationships. And it's a healthy, it's an important understanding for, for growing toward what God wants us to be and how he wants to work through us in our circles. He helps us. He will help as we set our hearts to learn this. Finally, genuine love expects everyone to bear their own weight. That's what verse 5 is saying. For each will have his own load to bear. Each will have to bear his own load. The reason we want to become in independent or interdependent is because my circle of responsibility is mine. It's the one God's given me. And as your children grow and as you grow and as you move on through life, he, he wants us to fulfill our responsibilities, our stewardships in life that are unique to us that only we can fulfill. And it's in that, in bearing the weight of our own load, that God grows us and changes us. We walk by faith. We learn to trust Him. We learn to see Him work in and through 
all these things. And, and in the family, as we team together, and at work as we have co-workers, and in church life as we team together uh, toward the same goal, I have responsibilities that are mine to carry. When we blur the boundary lines and get it wrong, growth is hindered all across the board. When each, is, when each of us handle our responsibility, uh, imagine what could get done if we're all doing it. That's the ideal picture. Within work life or family life, when we contribute in line with our stewardship, with what's needed in the relationship, God is able to do more than if these lines are mixed up and blurred. And it's a hodgepodge like that. God can really work. This is his intent. This is what he wants. That brings hope to me. To focus on what I can do and as I have compassion for my family and friends, pray. Give the concerns I can't control to God and then think through what's appropriate for me to do. I'd like to wrap up the message today uh, by helping you think through some next steps. They're listed on the back of the connection card if you'd like to look at those while I talk through them. That'd be great. Um, if you take this time to finish completing any information you haven't had an opportunity to fill out, uh, that would be great. And then you could let us know if you'd like to take one of these steps. But the first step would be to pray over my circle of concerns in a specific situation and be faithful in my circle of responsibility. So maybe um, this, this has brought up some specific scenarios for you with family or friends, immediate family, extended family, maybe at work even or in church life, whatever it is. But there's some concerns that you've had. Maybe you've been crossing boundaries. You need to pray over those and then just be faithful with what I can do in the situation and trust the rest to God. I, I have these, I have these uh, circles bearing on me all the time. And it's, it's a new response that I have to keep reminding myself. I can only do what I can do, but I want to do that faithfully and trust the rest to God. Another step would be to consider any area of my life where I'm not bearing my weight. Maybe there's an area of your life where you need to bear your own load. Other people have been stepping in and helping you. And you may need some training, you may, may need some perspective, you may need some help, but you want to step up and, and do that. So there's, there's something you can do. And then show appreciation for somebody you've taken for granted. Maybe there's a pattern that's developed and they just help you out all the time to carry your load. Show appreciation to them. Thank them for that. Recognize that they're helping you with your load. And, and be grateful for that. There's a couple other ways that you could respond, things to get involved in on the next steps. But we like to look at these. What is it that God said to me, and what step do I need to take? Because it's in the obedience, stepping out to follow and doing what God's laid on our heart that we grow stronger and we develop as we learn to understand this is what God wants and this is how I need to do it. That's where we grow. Let's pray. Would you pray with me as the band comes up? Father, we thank you for the truth in your word that helps unravel things on the inside of us. And as we understand the truth that's there, God, you, you really do give us uh, the help to live it out. And I pray that as you've laid things on our heart today, as we've seen what you've said to us, what you've said in your word, 
I pray that you'd help us to do that. Give us the power to take the steps that bring honor to you, God. I ask for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.